Ready for the interview And if you get a cue Live on the laptop Watch what I'm gonna do Welcome to the show Let them know we got a point of view Hey, yo Let's have a combo Say what you feel Be real, that's the motto Real talk, pronto Doctor D, PhD Hit the intro Hold up, wait Gotta be social Network global Home for the locals Gotta be social Network global Home for the locals I tell you what, it's good to see you again, man. Good to see you, and it's yeah, it's good to be seen. I've been um, I, I don't know if recluse is the right word, mm. but maybe a recluse. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> you're always up to something. I don't know. I've just been hiding from social media and text messaging, and only in the last couple of days have I actually started to like maybe kind of really communicate with people again yeah but even that's been really sporadic i've been just <laughs> yeah. really laying low and um yeah. i i've been trying to the way that we've always talked about interact interacting you know it's like i don't mind messaging and i don't mind um social media as a concept but uh i've been trying to just like keep it to actual in-person communicate so that's been the bulk of anything i've been doing which is just only talking to people if we're face to face yeah and then <laughs> and, and asking them weird questions like when's the last time you were in love and so, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> shannon got a real kick out of that my uh, listeners shannon's my wife uh she listened to that episode while she's running and she said she just kept cracking up because <laughs> Mostly from your response to me. She's like, she's like, you know, she sometimes forgets, you know, you get used to the person yes. you're with. Yes. Right. And so uh, I think she just kind of, you know, was amused. That's, you know, I'm, I'm passe to her, you know, yeah. all my antics, they're just, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you're you're yeah. just being you, yeah. you know, but to other people, I'm, still kind of you know shocking and amusing you know <laughs> that's why you need this show <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm always amused by you Simon. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I need fans <laughs> yeah right it's addictive to have fans <laughs> it is it's nice to know um what, what was i watching man I, now i can't remember but it was maybe I was just thinking the idea of um, being desired versus being actually loved. Oh, oh, you know what it was? It was a, it was like a couple of days ago. It was your it was your podcast. Oh, really? It was um, it was the <laughs> the gal who who wrote a memoir about uh, um, was it Marcy? Like her, her trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Marcy Warhaft. Yeah. Yeah. Um wildlife, man. Wildlife. Very wildlife. Wild. And 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 so I, I was really contemplating the idea of you know being desired versus actually being loved. <laughs> you know, and, and what that means. Because sometimes you might not even desire the person you love, you know, mm, desire yes. in that ultra passionate way. But you still want to be with them. You still want to share your life with them. You still want all these things that come with companionship and partnership. Yeah. But 
maybe the i don't know the thrill is gone or something <laughs> you know i mean that, yeah. that's always a sad thing to contemplate but anyway i was just contemplating you know uh for me personally do i want to be desired or to be loved what did you come up with I'm both. <laughs> I mean, come on. I want to have my cake and eat it too. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, isn't that the trap of celebrity? Yes. You know, so th that's what made me think of it. You know, wanting fans. It's addictive to have fans because it's addictive to be desired. And so yeah. love can become unappreciated when you are desired. Yeah. I mean, you're always thinking of stuff, man. It was funny. I think it's funny that anybody's like running and listening to Simon and I talking. <laughs> it's kind of it's it's silly, isn't it? It's happening yeah. more often than you know, too, man. People tell me, I listen to this and I was doing this. I was like, this is so strange. You know, isn't it's that like, wonderful. It's it is wonderful. wonderful. Yeah. Like desi people desire us. You know, they want to hear us. <laughs> it's exciting, actually. You know, my favorite feedback that I've gotten from my uh, my podcast has been when somebody messaged me and said they just listened to an episode and then they were starting to re-listen to it with a notepad to take notes. Ooh, and I thought that was amazing. That is amazing. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's incredible. That's actually incredible. Good for you. It's very good. Your show is really, really good. Thanks. Because you're crazy, I think. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think it is, actually? I, it was really uh, funny. Um, <laughs> this is funny. Uh, so other people put on their earbuds at the gym and they listen to like something with like, you know, hot beat or, sure, or maybe yeah. maybe another person might be listening to like big rock hits or something like mm -hmm. that something to get you pumped up and i'm listening listening to things like you know uh lectures on ancient mesopotamia yeah you know <laughs> while i deadlift you know i mean that's just <laughs> i don't need the music i don't want the music yeah i'm the same um so anyway i was listening to uh just a lecture on nietzsche and one of his one of his works and um uh Anyway, and that got me contemplating about the fact that I th there's something I've always been drawn to Nietzsche, even though I've, I'm always disagreeing with him. And why why is that? I'm asking myself that question. Why am I so drawn to somebody that I'm always arguing with in my head? You know, yeah. is that I'm 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 addicted to the 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 argument or something? You know, kind of <laughs> like a, a somebody who's really uh a staunch in their political party yeah. they might be addicted to arguing against the other side or something um but i was thinking about no i think i actually just have an affinity or or a, a simpatico with nietzsche in the fact that i actually don't want people to agree with me mm. you know it, does that make sense like i want yeah. to put a hot take out there and have people like disagree with me not that i'm argumentative it's that when you do that, that makes people think. And that makes me feel good to have made somebody think. Yeah. So that's why my favorite feedback, this is a long drawn out way of saying, that's why my favorite <laughs> feedback was the person who said they were taking notes on it because to me that meant they were thinking. Yes. And whether they agreed with what I said or not doesn't matter. The fact that that made them pause and think, that's all that matters. Well, this was kind of the crux of our I think the back half of our last episode, um, 
was a lot about like you just want to skip the small talk. You know, this was the yeah. whole hey, yeah. could go yeah. up and ask someone, have you been in love before? I bet Shannon laughed at that because that was my reaction was pretty funny to that. I was like, what? What the hell's happening? Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like yeah, in the weird like... outfit and talking to the ladies on the thing. I mean, it was a it was just a lot of weird stuff, you know. But I think you you you're like me, you crave these um nuanced conversations that are many ways just endless discussions about space and time and reality and our time on the planet. And yeah. what does that mean? You know, I think you're just you're you're a philosopher, you're an explorer of all these things. You know, you just want to skip the, you know, the kind of part everybody feels like they have to have a courtesy conversation, you know. I was going to argue about me being a philosopher. I was about to say, ah, I don't know about it, but because I have no system and and normally a philosopher, you know, has presented some kind of philosophical uh -huh. system. I don't have one, but <laughs> going back to that, you know, definition of philosophy, lover, loving, a lover of wisdom. Right. I mean that, that, and so I'll take that. But don't disagree with me. I'll take, <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. I do love what you and I are, are both philosophers yes. in that sense. We love wisdom. We want to learn wisdom. I'm going to start hitting my mic stand again. <laughs> <laughs> I had a huge conversation about this. Actually, I thought you would find this interesting before we jump into Die Hard, which is a Christmas movie. Just so everyone knows this. Uh, <laughs> I was on a, you know, a conversation that wasn't a podcast with a past podcast guest. Estelle Gerard, who's has this like basically healthcare company. And we started talking about the concept of consumption versus creating. Mm -hmm. That a lot of times you consume things you actually don't want and it feels empty. But when you create something, you want it and it feels yeah. good. But everyone is stuck in this. I'm getting a lot of things I don't want that I'm just consuming. I don't actually want it. And I was curious, uh, what, would, what would uh Simon think about this? You know. So, in the past two weeks, I've made a concerted effort to do more home cooked, like real home cooked meals. Yeah. I don't mean home cooked as in I emptied a box into something. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean home cooked as in everything from scratch, everything mm -hmm. fresh ingredients. Um, and uh, and and to me that that's that's the whole point of it. I mean, health is part of it, you know, actually, but I enjoy the food so much more when I've spent two or three hours in the kitchen working right. on it, you know, and, and yeah, everything tastes so much better. I mean, for heaven's sakes, <laughs> my black beans were a little underdone the other day though. How I was really you? disappointed. I know I was, <laughs> I, mm, I made these, big enchiladas like stacked high. wow amazing enchiladas and um with like kind of a kale carrot you know just like a stir yeah. fry on the side basically anyway great dinner and then i took my first bite and i was like dang it the beans are a little just slightly <laughs> undercooked you know they're edible they're fine yeah. but anyway but still I think once you start doing that, like, I don't even want to go out to eat. I know. You know I just I mean? had this conversation with my wife. I'm like, most of it's not good. I'm like, yeah. It's, like, yeah, it's like, I like the social aspect of going out to eat. So I still do it with my wife, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll go, but I'm not really like excited about it ever. Like no. the actual eating part. I just want to go hang out with 
her. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, um, but yeah, it's a, it, but, but I, I, I completely agree with that idea that when you create something versus consume something, I mean, it, it is a completely different feeling. Yeah. It is a completely different feeling of ownership. I think that goes back to the idea of if you're going to eat meat, you better go slaughter the chicken yourself. Yeah. Maybe you don't have to do that every time, but maybe you at least need to have that experience. Maybe you need to visit a place where your food is being processed. Right. You know, just something along that line. Um, I've been doing intermittent fasting. I just started up again. It hasn't been, it's been like yeah. a week. You know, it's, I don't want people to get the idea that I'm like... You know, <laughs> Like some amazingly disciplined person. <laughs> you know? Correct here. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but um, but I mentioned that to say, uh, uh, as I as I go back into doing something like that, you know, I'll go back and revisit the literature or the studies, you know, to just get myself in the right mindset of doing that. And I was just telling, actually, my mother. I said, I I, I think all of us should go and watch at least like watch a YouTube video with somebody who's just like giving you a scare, you know, <laughs> about eating the processed foods, eating too often, eating, yeah. you know, eat, all this kind of stuff. Because I think if you just do that, maybe like every 48 hours, watch a five to 10 minute video that just scares, you know, it's kind of a scared straight program. Yeah. It keeps you going. Right. I think that's right. more motivational than anything else. Just to be like, yeah. Okay, if you know, it you know, keeps me lined up, keeps me centered, and um, maybe it's because I'm just such a big guy. But man, I intermittent fasting is a cakewalk for me. <laughs> it's no problem for me either. Yeah, it's easy, and I'm not a <laughs> <I> big mean, <laughs> guy. <laughs> yeah, I would say maybe I just have a lot to feed on. You know, like oh my, my body's just like oh yeah, we got lots of food in here. <laughs> we got lots of stored energy in here, you know, but, um, uh, so when I hear about somebody saying, Oh, I can't do that. I gotta, I gotta eat. It's like, you really don't. No, no. But I think it goes back to like, it's a funny, interesting thing about consuming versus creating. And I think that's kind of what you're getting at too, is like, I mean, you're intentional about a lot of things you're doing. So it brings you a lot of value. Uh, so for example, like we're doing this every two weeks. This is an intentional creation of something. We're getting yeah. a lot of value. I don't think, I think I can speak for you as well, that we both feel good about it. It doesn't mm. feel wasteful, you know? Yeah. And, but a lot of like other stuff you do, like you're consuming something on your phone, you're scrolling, it feels useless and it feels yeah. empty, you know? So it's like, you don't want to do it, but then you get, it's designed to pull you into doing it. It's just, Does this happen for you when, when, when you recognize what you're doing in hindsight, such as I didn't mean to start limiting myself on social media. I just started like, mm, I just don't want to spend more than like 30 seconds on there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? I respond yeah. to somebody, maybe I like something that's right there, yeah. you know, and then, uh, and then I'm out, you know, yeah. and that's it. And I'm the same way. I, if I didn't have my podcast, I'd probably never be posting yeah. anything. I just don't care that much. I rather just because it's not like I got on and did this because I wanted to be on social media. I was doing it anyways. Yeah. I was talking to people regardless. So it's not mm -hmm. like it changed my life one way or the other. But 
I think that like I, I want to have intentional creation that has a lot of value to me. Yeah. And all the other stuff is junk to me mostly. So it's like I don't want the junk, you know, and I think yeah. people have a hard time getting out of that cycle of junk, you know. So now with the intermittent fasting and I've been trying to feed my kids a little bit earlier as well because they come home from school. Apparently they're famished all the time, you know, so and generally they're home at about four so when they get home, I'm like, hey, if you want to get a quick bite of something, that's fine. But food's ready by five. So don't yeah. make some meal or right, something, you know. Right. And and generally I'm spending between two and three hours preparing that meal lately. Um and so and that hits my window. You know, I can actually start tasting the food to make sure it's good and yeah. stuff at around four, because that's when my window the so anyway, it's kind of like this uh become this great pattern in the last like i say only a week and i hope i keep it up but um of so i'm not e eating all day and then i spend a few hours preparing the food and now that it's done it's act it's like a a good meal mm -hmm. you know that i've taken the time to prepare every aspect of it you know and um Anyway, yeah, uh, the kids like the food better, obviously. I yeah. like the food better. Everybody's just enjoying themselves a lot more and enjoying the time that sometimes, so the kids are coming home from school and, and they'll oftentimes just sit and chill with me while I'm finishing the food prep. And isn't that just part of, just part of that? You're creating time yes. with your, with your loved ones yes, by just everyone kind of sitting around the counter while I'm chopping something. <laughs> yeah, that's a beautiful thing. I mean, I think that's a large part of the creation story on a regular basis for people is, is this something that feels meaningful to you? And it like adds to your life. And just a lot of the stuff we're doing, we're not creating anything. We're just consuming. We're just massive consumers of information that is actually just mean meaningless to yeah. us. So I get your whole kind of sabbatical from, you know, the Internet and stuff. I just much rather talk to people like yourself and have these interesting conversations than waste my time with, you know, who's doing what. You know, I don't I don't know. It's yeah. not even that. I don't know. No, I mean, let's face it. Most of us aren't that interesting. It's true, though. We we are, but we aren't. You know, like our our daily isn't really that interesting. So yeah. to be daily spending that much time, <laughs> you know, and really social media should be more like a weekly or a monthly thing, yeah. you know, if you really get down to it, because that's, we're not interesting enough to be on there more <laughs> than that. None of us are. It's just face it. You know, it's yeah. just, that's, that's the brass tax of it. My friend, brass tax, the brass tax. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this has always been interesting to me because it's, you know, it's fine. I'm stuck on this idea of people listening to this stuff. I, I just like when they're like, people tell me this stuff and I'm always like, what are they thinking about us? Like, maybe yeah. that's a very ego thing for me, but I'm just kind of like, so strange. That's <laughs> like, part of, that's part of creation though. Yeah. Because you know, you're creating something for someone. Yeah. And even if you're not thinking about them in particular when you're doing the creation, right. the whole idea that you're posting this to the universe means that you've made it for someone. True. It's it it makes art 
a a service industry mm. because the the only reason to share art is to benefit the, the other people right otherwise you just keep it at home yeah that's true very true wisdom the the philosopher <laughs> simon so who did they make die hard for <laughs> consumers clearly us Christmas you and I. movie people yeah that's right <laughs> so here here's a conundrum if it's a christmas movie why was it released in theaters in july i don't know but there's some people like christmas in july <laughs> like, that's true that's true it's a whole industry on that <laughs> You know, I mean, it, Die Hard, we can just get right into it. Die Hard is such a Christmas movie. I, You know, you can't, I mean, you just listen to the soundtrack and it's a Christmas movie. You don't even, you don't even have to be watching the movie, but you hear all of these Christmas themes going through it. Even in moments where there isn't like music music, there's yeah. not, there's not a melody, but there'll be some bells just kind of subtly there and yep. they kind of warp them a little bit. And that's what this kind of is. It's kind of a warped Christmas movie, you know, very warped. <laughs> yeah. And I, it, I, I did a little bit of research, right? So, mm-hmm. um, found out some stuff about it. Cause it's not a movie I've ever really looked into or anything or read about or things like that. But anyway, um, one of the big things about the director McTiernan, right? That's mm, I think name? so. Um, he really wanted to inject joy into this movie, <laughs> so he he didn't like the original script because it was kind of a joyless terrorist takeover. Yeah. So he made a lot of changes. He turned the terrorists into thieves. He he shot it in a way that made you actually like the terrorists. You know, I mean, Hans Gruber, who's a better villain right. that you want to spend time on screen with than Hans Gruber? <laughs> He's awesome. John McClane. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. He's... He's so distinct. Yeah. You know, there are actors out there that are just so distinct. And that always amazes me because most of us, we're, we're just, I mean, let's face it. You know, we're just kind of like, I'm not trying to be a downer here, but I'm just saying most of us, let's face it. We're not that distinct. Maybe we try to do something that makes yeah. us distinct or something like that. Actually, my wife and I were having a bit of a conversation about this the other day about um, people who make maybe their piercings and tattoos or their hairstyle or their clothes, their identity, which is totally fine as uh, as a way to express your identity. Yeah. But if that is your identity no. and you couldn't be that person without those things, then I think there's an inner problem right there's there's a disconnect somewhere um but but uh alan rickman as an actor and he's done lots of different parts he's been good guys he's been romantic he's been you know he was started out as a great stage actor this was his first feature film i did know that about i didn't know that i I didn't know that that till i did some reading up on this in the last few days um so i was like holy cow Talk about somebody, I mean, there should be an award 
for acting when you're falling. I know, right? <laughs> because that is the best acting while falling. I think completely. Because right? you have to movie. make it up, like kind of like the way they had it. I mean, it may be some falling, but the way he did it. He did tough. fall 40 feet. Right. But it's like you but, have you know, to really harnessed. like he's yeah. And and that's the first take. Crazy. They used the first take. Obviously, they probably did more takes, but they used the first take. So I mean, you know, that's an actor right there, man. Yeah. That's a, he was awesome. Brit and yeah. that I mean, just everything just like when he comes in to Nakatomi Towers and the whole presence and all the kind of the, the goons with him and stuff. It's just amazing, you know, and it's just like yeah. this standard corporate Christmas party thing, you know, that looks straight out from like the early 90s, late 80s, <laughs> you know, and yeah, Bruce Willis's character is just kind of this, you know, curmudgeon type of guy. It's just everything came together. It was, I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> I was like, I'm in. I'm totally in. Yeah. It's like a different type of action hero, you know? Yeah. And I, you know me, I don't like sounding like the guy who's like, oh, the kids these days or whatever. <laughs> but can you name, I mean, think about movies that came out in this kind of little span of time, which yeah. is kind of like 87 to 89. That's right. It got, you know, Predator, Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, et cetera, et cetera. Can you name movies that have come out in the last five to 10 years that are action movies that do a better job or as good a job of introducing protagonists and antagonists and setting up characters in a way that you, you know what they're about even before they say anything. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so there's like 12, you know, bad guys in in, yeah. in Die Hard, and some of them have little to to no screen time almost, but you still feel like you get you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like you don't need to know these guys' backstory. You don't need to know. <laughs> you know. You know what I mean? This is because, a common thing for you. We've covered this. Simon, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. But I'm just saying it. It, it just struck me again. Whereas, just yes. like, why has this become a lost art? of being able to give us antagonists and protagonists through very minimal dialogue and things like that. But it's just like all the interactions between the bad guys. That, that was another thing. Like the two brothers. Yeah, yeah. Before you know they're brothers, they're already acting like brothers. Yeah. Like the one guy is trying to do all like the bypassing of the wires mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. And the other guy comes in and he's just an a-hole brother. He's like, <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to cut all this through with this big chainsaw. Yeah. And you better get it done before I get done because I don't care. I'm just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just your a-hole brother. Yeah. You know? So they're already acting like brothers and you never, it, before you even tell them that they're brother. you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just really great stuff. And, and 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 they don't really say anything to each other. The one guy's just going like nine, nine. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it just struck me again. It, 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 that's because I'm always thinking about what 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 makes this so good. Because there yeah. are elements of Die Hard that are just bad. Yeah, sure. 
the the main like deputy police chief or whatever <laughs> nothing on him he's a great actor yeah but the way they made him such a doofus and an idiot yeah the way they made the SWAT guys just reckless and dumb the way the FBI guys were like these total a-hole cowboys right, of course who just yeah. like don't care if there's collateral damage you know what I mean yeah um you know, so there's those elements of it where it's just like you could you didn't have to make them so dumb. <laughs> you know, they, they could have been like smarter, but things just go wrong. Yeah. You know, but in some <laughs> ways, that's what I like about it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there are kind but, of but it kind of becomes a cartoon a little bit, a <laughs> little course. bit with those guys, of course, which I think just kind of steals away a little bit from the realism of the movie, which I yeah. think that's another thing that Die Hard makes it a class. Bruce Willis doesn't have abs. Right. He's a different type of action star, right? Yeah. I mean, he doesn't even have shoes on most of the time. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you yeah, know, he's walking on glass. He's, he looks hurt most of the time. Yeah. He, right? doesn't he looks look disheveled. Like he goes to the gym. Yeah. He doesn't you know look like I mean? he does anything except smoke cigarettes, talk a lot of yeah. shit. You know, like be bad yeah. at his job until he's absolutely necessarily needed to do well at his job. And he's really not likable. That's right. Right. You know, if you were to stop the movie at about the 30 minute mark, you, you probably would leave the movie just like, oh, I didn't like that guy. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, what I mean? he doesn't want to not... be likable. He's not trying to be likable either. That's not his thing. You know, but I think one of the one of the things about the character that makes him likable is that he doesn't even like himself. <laughs> this is a Simon theme here. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, is this a promo <laughs> for your podcast? <laughs> this like, this is like a be. promo for everything it I hate about be. myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he has that great line. Where he says, you know, about his wife, he says, uh, she's heard me say I love you a thousand times, but she's never heard me say I'm sorry. Yeah. He hates that about himself. Right. He hates that he is an emotionally stunted, emotionally immature a-hole. Right. But he's he's struggling to get past that. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> it takes having to pull glass out of his feet while he's in a building, you know, trying to... Right. Right. Fight off a bunch of Germans with machine guns. Are we talking about to... Bruce Willis or you? I mean, yeah. <laughs> the hidden real life story. <laughs> like, of, wait of a Simon. minute. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike Bruce Willis, I think I'm pretty good at saying I'm sorry. Yeah, that's good. That's a good quality. E good. Even when I don't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> I can just classic. say it just to make the piece. <laughs> it's like, eh, I'm sorry. I don't mean it, but I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that was classic Simon. That's classic Simon, literally. Even when I don't mean it, I'm good at saying it. Yeah. It's the same with I love you. <laughs> You know, this always turns into this. You realize <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. this is always like a self-reflection of Simon <laughs> thing. Like it always goes, oh, we're going to talk about a movie. Oh, wait a minute. It's really about me. I mean, it's, it's like, really. <laughs> if there's one, 
there's one thing I have a talent for. It's making things about me. <laughs> you turn it back. You know, um, that's something that I'm really conscious of, actually. I mean, we're having this discussion between the two of us, and, and we're we're both open books to each other. Yeah. Um, and, and But, you know, in just normal, average daily conversation, I'm always really conscious of not, like, if somebody tells me something about themselves, to not say, to not... There's a one-upsmanship to conversation oftentimes. Don't you feel sure. like that? Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I did this one time. Oh, well, let me one-up you because yeah. I did this. Really conscious about that and and not conscious about it because I am naturally that way, but because when I see someone else do it, I'm like, oh, that's ugly. Mm. Oh, that's really gross. Yeah. <laughs> and I see it a lot. When you are involved with musicians and theater people and things like that you you see that in almost every conversation right right you know and and it's like ooh, ooh, no thank you <laughs> I, I don't want to be like that <laughs> but you will say sorry when you don't mean it so whatever yeah yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> this is the stuff that shannon by last at she's like ah, oh come on oh, <laughs> like, man. yeah shannon there's more of this where it comes from okay there's a lot more exactly. coming promise you <laughs> a lot of time left on this one. <laughs> so um with die hard i actually so this this kind of came up um just kind of uh while i was looking up some stuff and i i came upon website slash film.com sorry so something popped up here okay get rid of it um and it had it was one of these ranking things Okay, so I want to take you through this real quick. Okay, uh, it is the all right. The title of this is the 18 best action movie actors ranked. So these are the actors. It's not ranking their movies. Okay, I gotta them. hear this. Okay, I'm assuming they ranked these in order. Okay, okay. Um, although. I've got a lot of problems with it. I know you have a lot of problems. This You're telling me this, and I know there's problems. Number 18. Totally fine with this one. Number 18, Liam Neeson. Okay. You, taken, you okay with that taken one? Guy. I'm okay with Taken. Yeah. yeah. You know. You know, I mean. I mean, he can't be in the top 10. There's no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, number 18, I can live with that. I don't fine. know all time. That's the thing about uh, something like a ranked list, because are you saying – He's better than people who aren't on this list because there's a lot of people not on this list mm. that I'm just like, mm, I don't know about that. Yeah. So, uh, but let's keep going. Number 17. I thought this was kind of funny. Dolph Lundgren. Actually. Okay. Based off of. I mean, you know, he does a lot of action movies, but I mean, you know, he's, you know, he's Drago. He's, you know, <laughs> you know, just... I, I mean, but, Not sure but about I, that one. But I, yeah, I mean, he's a direct-to-video guy. He's a direct-to-video guy. Yeah, for yeah, sure. If, if he wasn't back in those Sylvester Stallone movies, what the ex, the Expendables? Yeah. If he wasn't in those, then everything else he does is like direct-to-video. So how yeah. is he? I don't know. I don't get he's that. Number one. seventeen no. somehow. All right, number sixteen. This one made me really roll my eyes. Linda Hamilton. Are you serious? Wh why? Because of the Terminator franchise. That's just the Terminator. <laughs> I know. 
you're ranking the all time and you're putting Linda Hamilton in this. She I got mean, ripped for like one of the episodes, one of the movies. I was like, I love Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton in Terminator 2. Sorry, Eeyore is barking at something. One of the best performances in an action movie. But like you say, she's not really an she action done? movie star. Like, what is, yeah, yeah, she 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 does other stuff, and I I don't know. That was that was crazy to me. Number fifteen, Steve McQueen. Interesting. Cool. Okay, you know, nineteen. Okay. You know, back in the sixties. I get it. Yeah. yeah, who's cooler than Steve McQueen? I got it. Number fourteen. I was okay with this one too. Sean Connery. Interesting. This is the backlog for Sean Connery. It's got to yeah. be like. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, he's somebody who can do everything. Yeah. And but I mean, I think some of his fight scenes in those old Bond movies yeah, were yeah. really great. I get actually. the backlog. I can get that. Uh okay, 13. This Jet Lee. Okay. I like Jet Lee, man. I'm down with Jet Lee. I'm totally 13. down with Jet Lee. Totally fine with that. I mean, he's amazing. Amazing. 12, John Wayne. John Wayne. Interesting. You know, it, 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 it's it's kind of funny because I don't consider John Wayne's movies action movies. There's action in them. But he, yeah, there's a difference. Yeah. Um, they're mostly dramas and some comedies in there. Yeah. But I just don't consider him an action movie. Because, he wouldn't even be on the list for me. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't be on for me either. He, yeah. He's one of, he, he makes some of my favorite, he made some of my favorite films that I, that I go back to. Uh, but he, you know, if you're saying action stars, I don't know about that. No. Number 11. Now I have a real problem with the placement of this individual at number 11, because I think they deserve to be, if not number one, at least in the top two or three, and that's Jackie Chan. Love Jackie Chan. Who's done more for action movies than Jackie Chan? Who's done more for elevating the art of the action film than Jackie Chan? I just don't know if anybody has. Should I don't be know in the top anybody... 10 easily. Like easily. Yeah. yeah, the fact that he's not even in the top 10. How can he not really be in the top crazy. 10? Who made this list, Simon? <laughs> Slashfilm.com. I don't know. I mean, come on, Slashfilm. Yeah. Uh, number 10, I'm fine with this placement. At number 10, Sylvester Stallone. Interesting. A Very lot of people probably would think he'd be in the top five or something, but I'm yeah. actually fine with him at number 10 um, because he's been so inconsistent. Yeah. For every one good Sylvester Stallone <laughs> movie, there's five lame ones, you know? A lot of uh, lame ones, actually. Yeah. Don't tell yeah. my mom or <laughs> my yeah. mom will shoot you, whatever. <laughs> Number nine, Bruce Willis. Very, you know, just from Die Hard alone, man. And then he's been in a lot of other action type movies after yeah. that. Yeah. You know, um, it's funny because, you know, it's like I still don't even consider him like an action star to me. Does that, yeah. I don't even know why, but I, I know he is. But yeah, it, no, he because is. Like you say, the Die Hard franchise alone, just that alone. He, he 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 probably deserves to be in the top 10 but it's just kind of like mm, i don't you know to me he was more of an actor than like an action actor sure and even then and even with that i felt like he's he's one of those actors where it seems really obvious to me and i think it feels obvious to a lot of people when he's just phoning it in <laughs> You know, have you seen some of his latest movies? He's been phoning it in a lot, just so you know. Oh, yeah, like a lot. 
Number eight. I thought it was interesting to have this guy. Please don't say Nick Cage. Please don't say. No, it's actually Arnold Schwarzenegger at number eight. That's ridiculous. Eight's ridiculous for that, I think. Yeah. He should be higher than that. Like, he's he's a top five guy. Once again, who's more influential? (laughs) Name somebody who's, who's had a greater impact and influence on the action genre than people like Arnold and Jackie Chan. You know, right. it's like, if if you don't like their movies, that's one thing. If you don't like them in the movies, that's that's fine. But but we're talking about, you know, the greatest, so it can't be just personal taste. But anyway, number seven, Clint Eastwood. Oh, this which, is interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, here's a real prob- problematic one for me. And only because this actor is ranked higher than people like Arnold and Jackie Chan. And it's not because I don't personally love them and have all the respect in the world for them. And that's Michelle Yeoh. Oh, just watch Michelle Yeoh on everything, everywhere, all at once. The whole thing. Yeah. She's, she is absolutely amazing. Amazing, man. And, and I am not trying to steal anything away from her put her at number six by all means, because not only is she amazing, but she's also a female. So that's breaking these bound boundaries yeah. of being uh, an awesome female martial artist, um, you know, who's just incredible, but to place her above Jackie Chan. And no, the backlog for Jackie Chan's unbelievable. All the stuff that people haven't seen. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just, and I started off with Jackie Chan watching those movies. Yeah, that's the exactly movies that right. people don't know about. That's exactly right. Because he hadn't broke through in the U.S. quite then, you know, like late eighties. You know, he yeah. hadn't broke through yet. So I was seeing these old VHS films of stuff that you know, Fearless Hyena and stuff like that. Yeah, where, you know, nobody knows these movies. Okay, number five. Another actor that I absolutely adore, but placing them above Arnold Schwarzenegger is crazy to me, and that's Kurt Russell. Oops, sorry. Kurt Are Russell. you serious? <laughs> like, no way. No way. I, I love Kurt with Russell. That. I love Kurt Russell. Now, if you're just going to say he's a flat-out better actor than Arnold Schwarzenegger, absolutely. Okay. Duh, Every yeah. day, all day. Yeah. But have his movies been more influential to the action genre around the world? Get out of town. I mean, what are we basing this on? Overboard or something? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> I think they're Escape only from New York? basing this on Escape from New York. Yeah, that's what it's just from. Like, I was like, I get it. He's amazing. I mean, he's been more diverse in a lot of ways yeah. than Arnold in the action yeah. films, you know. Um, but he's... That was a bad placement on that one, man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. This one is tricky. Number four is Keanu Reeves. <laughs> okay. Did this happen because of John Wick? Is that must? Like, I mean, the Matrix, it's got to be John, John Wick. Wick you know. I mean, these are great action movies. Yeah. But have they been more influential? But the in impact. The genre? I don't know yeah. about that. I was like. And here's the other thing that I think is really important to take into consideration. I think the 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 thing about an action movie star is that you go and you see the movie because they're in it. Yes. 
I don't know if Keanu Reeves has that kind of star power or if he ever has. If you're just like, I'm a huge Keanu Reeves fan. I watch anything he's in. No, I don't know many people who talk like that. No, but they do that about Arnold. It's an Arnold movie. Exactly. Right? That's what's the magic behind that. Yes. If Arnold, you know, I mean, I think he defined that in the 1980s. It's Completely. like I'm going to see it because Arnold is in it. I don't care yes. what the story is. Right. It's kind of <laughs> like a, a so like director wise, like a James. This is a James Cameron movie. This is a Christopher Nolan movie. You know, yeah. It's like, wow, it's going to be great. You know, mm -hmm. like. It's, it's like that to me, you know? Yeah, I think directors still have that kind of draw mm -hmm. sometimes, like really good directors. Yes. Like you mentioned a Christopher Nolan. There's lots of people yeah. who would just go see Christopher Nolan movie because it's Christopher Nolan. It'd be Nolan. about anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but Keanu Reeves not, yeah. No. I mean, yeah, exactly. Okay, no. all right. So we're in the top three now. Okay, this is gonna really make you laugh. Okay, this is an actress that I have been in love with since the original Ghostbusters, and that's Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> I, there are very few people working in Hollywood that I have more respect for than Sigourney Weaver. Sure. But she's not an action actress. She's yeah. done a couple of action movies, and I don't think she even likes them. You know, I don't think she <laughs> likes to do them. She doesn't like guns. I know that. She hates guns. She doesn't want to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just weird. That's a weird thing. You know, it's like, I get, yeah. And I get the aliens, huge impact, huge impact. Yeah. Having her walk around with a flamethrower fighting aliens, having her be the heroine of the story, you know, fighting the mother alien, you know, with the, with the mech suit or whatever. Right. I mean, these the are famous huge, yeah. huge things. Right. And I don't want to take away from that impact, but you're ranking the greatest of all time. You can say that's one of the greatest performances of all time, but to say that they have made their career off of being an action movie actor. No. Yeah. It's she doesn't she doesn't she has no act. place in that that list. Exactly. I'm sorry. Exactly. I mean if you want to say she's one of the best Hollywood actresses, I could different. even I could even say go along with that. All right. Number two, this one probably deserves its placement, Tom Cruise. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Tom Cruise has done a lot of action, man. I yeah. mean and sustained and, action. And he's probably the last of the action actors who you go to see it because it's a Tom Cruise movie. Agreed. And you know what you're what you're getting when it's a Tom Cruise movie. You know he's he's gonna do some great stunt work. He's you know he's do doing a lot stunts. of the stunt work. Exactly. Yes, that's the difference too. Exactly. So so I'm totally fine. I'm with that. Tom Cruise at number two. Okay, number one. This is another one. I'm iffy on. Harrison Ford. Oh, he's not it, number it, one. This should not be number one. If you're talking about being in some of the greatest movies, of all, but I don't even consider a lot of his movies action movies. No. They're adventure movies. You adventure, know what I mean? They're, they're fantasy. Adventure, yeah, they're, they're, they're action adventure. They're not movies... I don't know. See how that's a tricky one? Like, what is it? Air Force One? Are we talking about <laughs> Like, what is this? Like, what are we doing here? Like, 
Because Raiders of the Lost Ark, I think, has some of the best action set pieces. Sure. Yeah. You know, um with Star Wars in here? Is this like what are we doing? Like, yeah, you know, it's like in Star Wars, he's mostly like sitting in I a know. spaceship. You know, yeah. it's not there's not a lot of action action for him, you know. No. It's so you know, that one's a tough one. I, I don't want to take anything away from Harrison Ford and the and the quality of the films he's been in. I'm I'm really iffy on this latest Indiana Jones, but <laughs> I'm iffy on it too, man. <clears throat> James Mangold is the director, right? Yeah, I think so. I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that they actually let him do his job. He's Maybe. a great director. He is a great director, yes. But but when you can see the deep fake, like how bad the deep fake is <laughs> in the trailer. <laughs> I just don't understand why you use a clip like that. You know what I mean? Did, did I you watch it? Either. You watched the trailer? No, I watched it. I just... You see Harrison Ford doing on the horse. I know. I... And you can totally tell that it's like some slack jaw. You know, I mean, it's such a bad deep fake job. <laughs> it's like something I would expect out of, you know, a, you know, a, a, a straight to Netflix show. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even then I'm just like, just don't show this face. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. So, so I watched that preview the same day that I watched Die Hard. Yes. And if you're really paying close attention, you can tell when it's a stunt double. Of course. During the fight scene. Yes. Now that's if you're really paying attention. Most people aren't paying attention that close. Not that level just, of attention. Yeah. No. But, you know, if you're watching movies the way we watch movies, you can tell when it's the stunt double and when it's not. You've cursed me, Simon. Like, you know <laughs> what? I'm going to say this again. You've cursed me. Yeah. You've actually you've actually made my movie watching experience better and worse at the same time. <laughs> Just being honest. <laughs> so it's difficult not to see these things. And it's when hard, you see, see really it. bad CGI. Where <laughs> we got to pop like, with that. <laughs> dude. I mean, seriously, back in the day, they would have done a better job with just like prosthetics on a on a on a stunt double. That's true. That's true. And I just don't understand what the whole just because you have some technology doesn't mean it's good. Right. They're trying <laughs> to do all this de-aging technology. I can't stand yeah. it. They no. never look natural. Like no. It's weird to me. Yeah. I yeah, I I I'm a big, you know, if you need to de-age somebody, hire an actor. Who's younger Correct. to play that part? Correct. Just, just do it. That's the way we used to do it. That's the way you should do it now. Yep. They didn't try to de-age Harrison Ford at the beginning of The Last Crusade. They cast River Phoenix and River Phoenix oh, as, a, as a great actor, encapsulated yes. all the Harrison Fordisms. And when you're watching the beginning of The Last Crusade, never once are you wondering... You know, is this really Indiana Jones when he's no, young? You You're not it. thinking that. Exactly. That's what actors are supposed to do. <laughs> that is what they're supposed to do. <laughs> stop making stop trying to make CGI do the actor's job. Mm. So true. So true. This and Mangold is a great director, seriously. I you know it's funny. There's probably a lot of people listening like, who is that? <laughs> like we're saying stuff about yeah. people. They're like, listen, we're this is why we do this. We know we're talking about people. Okay. Yeah. Even when we don't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't know James Bangle, the director, just Logan. That's all you need to know. All you gotta do is great movie. I mean, especially the X-Men franchise, hands down the best. 
hands down. I think it's one of the best superhero movies ever made. Um, so raw, man. You can you can you can argue about you know if it's you know just like this list of best action actors. Yeah. You can you can argue about the rankings all day long. You know uh, if you follow sports, that's all any show does anymore is try to rank. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the athletes and stuff, and it, you know it, 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 at a certain level of greatness. It, you know, the, the rankings become very arbitrary. Yeah, that's right. You know, because it's just, I mean, who are you going to say is is better, LeBron James or Luka Doncic? I mean, you know, it, it's like it yeah. becomes almost arbitrary, yeah. you know, at that level of greatness. Yeah. You know, and, and it's the same with these movies, you know, so uh, and, and some of the actors. It's like if you were to ask me to rank the greatest action actors of all jackie chan would be number one jackie chan's up there man and and it's not only because of his individual greatness it's because the the way that we watch movies is obviously from an american viewpoint right but jackie chan for like 30 years or something from through the 80s through the 90s um into the 2000s he's actually the most popular action movie star in the world right and and, and because we're americans we want to say arnold was the biggest star in the right, world or right. or stallone was the biggest star in the no it was jackie chan right and a lot of people caught jackie chan in like rush hour and stuff like that that's how they know him so they don't yeah. know anything about jackie chan's past catalog yeah. that's why he's great yeah and but when you go back and you watch a movie like police story yeah, I mean, holy cow! The 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 action set pieces in Police Story, it's just how do you beat that? I know, how, you know, how do you say that something's better than that? It's yeah. just you know, um, and, and the thing is, it's like when I when I said that out loud, I was like, yeah, I, I like that one, but I could have said Armor of God, I could have said Operation yeah. Condor, I could have said, you know, I could have said. So and and one of my personal favorites is, and maybe my personal favorite is First Strike. First Strike is great. First Strike is so it's like the complete movie. He globe trots. He you know it it never tries to go beyond what it is, which I think is kind of kind of a weird thing to say. But a lot of action movies go beyond what they are. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it does. It does. <laughs> Even yeah. a classic like Commando. Love Commando. <laughs> but 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 the final, you know, when he faces off an army by himself, you know, I mean it's sure. it's so over the top ridiculous and it's just laughable ridiculous. You're you're having a good time. It doesn't take away from your good time, but you just know that you're watching a cartoon. Right. And he's facing Bennett at the end, who's wearing like a chain link mesh yeah. t-shirt and he throws a pipe through him. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <it's> like... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Blow some steam, Bennett. Yeah. <laughs> and and these guys, Arnold Schwarzenegger, amazing athlete, obviously, but he can't do what Jackie Chan does. You no, know? no. He can't leap through a shopping no. cart. You right. know what or I mean? Jump I mean, through just... a jump through a uh, a ladder, like right in exactly. between like the rung. That's exactly. insane. Like <laughs> who does that? So I just and nobody puts emotion into an action sequence like Jackie Chan. Yeah. Whether that emotion is comedy or whether that emotion is intensity or whether, you know, whether it's pain, all those kinds of things. If you just go through his catalog of movies, 
then you see that he's he he runs the gamut of all of those things sometimes in a single fight sequence and it's just he's just incredible very few actors and directors and things like that can actually tell a story in an action sequence yeah Jackie Chan does every time you know it's just so so that's why to me he's number one yeah he's number one and and everybody else you know you can say Tom Cruise number two you can say Arnold's number two you can say you know all these other guys but even then it's just like you know who's missing from that I mean Chow Yun-Fat oh yes if you're going to talk about action superstars actually yes go back to what I mean they put Kurt Russell in that list, I'm assuming because of his partnership <laughs> with John Carpenter. <laughs> right, right. Chow Yun Fat's partnership with John Woo. Right. I mean, have have you did you forget oh, that? John Woo. Wow, man. Did you forget how influential those movies were? Maybe it was Big Trouble in Little China. That was the Kurt Russell. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite movies of all time. Right. But not for like this list, for him contributing to this list. But he's and in that movie, he flips the action star on its head. He's in great shape. He looks like he can hold, hold his own in a fight. Loses every fight. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> because he it, it, that that's the ultimate fish out of water story, I yeah. think, you know. I mean, he might as well be from another planet to what's going on in that yeah. movie. Yeah. You know. And so why don't they just put Patrick Swayze on there? I mean, with like Roadhouse or something. Yeah, hey, I Chuck know, Norris. Right? Let's put yeah. him on the list of like I, All right. So do you, do you want to go through one more list? Let's there's do it. Another Come one. on, let's okay. do it. We got some time. Okay. All right. So I now we got the 16 best 80s action movies ranked. Ooh. Okay. This is the same website. Okay. This is just below the the. That's why I saw it because I just scrolled down and there it was. Yeah. So here we go. I think you and I are going to have some real problems here. <laughs> At number 16. Number 16. Steven Seagal above the law. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> you said we're going to have some real problems. We're already off to a bad start. <laughs> it's just like Steven Seagal should not ever be in. I mean, if you're listing worst action movies. <laughs> yeah. Steven Seagal's in. What is this? List. Under Siege is on there. On there. <laughs> I mean, talk about Seagal. Awful. Come on. Seagal. Oh, oh my god. All right. Now, number 15. I was really interested in this one and and I I I didn't even read why they ranked it this way. I just sat there and thought about it. Roger Moore, James Bond classic, okay. Octopussy. <laughs> do you yeah. even think do you even think of Roger Moore James Bond films as action movies? No, I don't they're, understand that placement. They're they're more kind of spy comedies spy. almost. Spy, yeah, exactly. You know. 80s action movie? Like, come on. I yeah, it was who really... made this list <laughs> besides <laughs> who at slasher? Whoever, come on. What is this? Okay, this one. This one nearly made me fall out of my chair. I'll give you the actor first, and I want you to guess which movie it is. Sylvester Stallone. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. 80s action Sylvester Stallone. Okay, I don't think it's any of the uh it's not one of the Rambo movies. I don't it's think it's not so. one of the Rambo no. movies. It's not one of the Rocky movies. It's not. No, so I was saying it's not one of those movies. It's uh, 
Oh my gosh, I'm blanking. I don't know. I don't know. Cobra. Come on. Cobra. Come on. Where he plays like the cop or whatever. It's like, yeah, has, you know, I remember this. has I a matchstick in his mouth. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He had sunglasses. The five o'clock shadow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that movie wasn't that good to me, honestly. I it just. It's not a good movie. It's like a low light, low level. Stallone. It's like a low point for him. It's not good. Yeah. No, it's not good at all. How could that I, even I, be on the list? I don't understand. If you were saying worst st- Stallone <laughs> movies, you know, I'd be like, yeah, Cobra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Cobra is not good. Yeah. Put that in the list. I don't understand this, man. And What's I next, Highlander? Say- I mean, what was <laughs> next, I can actually, I'm totally on board with number 13, Lethal Weapon 2. Lethal Weapon movies are great. Yeah. They're very good. Lethal Especially Weapon the 1 first two. and 2, amazing. 3 is still great. I, I actually enjoy all of them. All four of them, I it's enjoy. It's a good franchise. They're, they're, they're you know, they're not, um, yeah, it's hard to keep it going. But yeah. but I think it, it kept going because the actors are so great together. Yeah. Those two sure. characters are great together. Yes. Um, and Jet Li's in number four, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can't He's... beat Glover and Gibson, man. I mean, it's uh, yeah, great. No. It's <laughs> great. All right. Um, this one is tricky. I actually appreciate that they put this one on the list. It's Writing Wrongs, which is a, a Hong Kong action flick. Mm, I don't a lot know of this people one. don't even know this actor. Um, uh, I think it's Yen Yun Yun or Yen uh, Biao. Mm. Um, you know, he's part of the 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 three guys: Jackie Chan, um, Sammo Hung, and and he. They all went to the opera school together. They all got into the Hong Kong yeah. action scene. So I actually appreciate they put this one on here, and it is. I mean, that one's gritty. That one is like Hong Kong gritty Hong Kong action. It's not your Jackie Chan good time action. Yeah, look it up. That one's a great one. I don't know if it, uh, you know, once again, it's arbitrary at this point, but it's definitely better than than the others on this list so far. I mean, I mean, come on. Number 11. I would personally rank higher, but that is just my personal preference, and that is Predator. Love Predator. Like, okay. quintessentially yeah. amazing. Yeah. I just watched it, like, last week. Yes. <laughs> like, I mean, to me, that is one of the most perfect action movies of all time. Oh, just from of the beginning, man, when the yeah. whole team lands with it. You know what it is? Something also, how it's shot. There's something yeah. about the camera they use in there and everything, and Dutch, you know, yep. just... There's something about the whole feel of it, the whole team, you know, it everything from the soundtrack to the performances. Yeah. And and then you get like the jungle kind of drums and stuff. And but it's not like super cornball cheesy. No, you know what no. I mean? It, it it actually fills you with suspense. The right. you know, it's kind of these rapid fire kind of congas or yeah. something. But anyway. Yeah, it it feels claustrophobic that movie. Yeah, yeah. You get you get the idea of you're you're in the woods being hunted. You know, love the uh, soundtrack. It, Just yeah. so good, man. So good, everything about it, man. It's so, so good. good, so good. Okay, number ten. I can understand them adding it to this list as an influential one, and it's uh, the movie Runaway Train. That's that old John Voight. <laughs> yeah, I remember movie. that. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm not I don't think it's one, one of the best action movies no. of all time. I can understand, like, maybe if you're looking at it from most influential action movies or something yeah. like that, if it influenced directors and screenwriters and stuff, maybe. But, yeah, it's it's not even. All no. right, number nine, RoboCop. I'm not going to lie, man. I love me some RoboCop, man. I'm not sure it should be in the top ten at yeah. all. But, yeah. man, <laughs> I, was a fasc- I was so fascinated with that when it came out, man. I I was one of those people who wanted to be. I wanted to like <laughs> RoboCop as a kid, and then I just never got into it. I was like, yeah. eh, I'm not really into this. It got you know, worse, and, and especially the sequels. The sequels are horrendous. Yeah, I mean the sequels are terrible. You know, they made a kids' cartoon out of it. It's you so know, bad. I mean, it's, you know, it's everything other than the first. The first film I think is watchable. I think oh, it's yeah. a it's a good concept. I think you know it's it's well executed and well directed and everything. But it just didn't capture me, you know. <laughs> so I didn't so think anyway, it would, Simon, based off of yeah. knowing you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Number eight is is Rambo, but it's not the first Rambo. It's part two. I actually really like part two. I I'm okay. a big Rambo franchise guy. I don't know. I'm really into it. I I really only. I mean, we we talked about this last time. We did. I haven't even watched the last two. Yeah, I've definitely watched all of them. Yeah, I. Uh, I, I watched the first three and I think the only one I liked was the first one. <laughs> you know. And I know why first one, I get why you like the first one. Yeah. It's a lot of talking and it's a yeah. lot like in a silence too. There's a lot of silence in some ways too. And he's not indestructible. Right. Things go wrong all the time. Yeah. I, and, and that's something that in these movies sometimes is just like, like die hard was a great example of that. Yeah. Yeah. He's not an invincible action hero. He's he's going. He's making mistakes. He's mad at himself yeah. for the mistakes he's making. He you know he feels like he should have done something else. You know blah blah blah, and um and he's just getting by. You yeah, know he's just getting by. Yeah, and, and I feel like that sometimes in Rambo he's actually you know he's he's obviously really good at killing people if he wants yes. to, but. You know, even like the scene where he's riding the motorcycle up and stuff yeah. like that. It's like things just go wrong. You know, it's like he's not perfect at everything. You know, <laughs> he can't he can't do the undoable. You know? Yes. Um, And I think that just kind of goes away in the sequels. Yeah. I get yeah. why it's in the top 10, though. I, I yeah, totally yeah, yeah. get why. Yeah. This one I'm actually totally on board with. Number seven, The Killer. That is a John Woo, yeah, uh, Chow Yun-Fat. Um, very good. Classic. Um, number six, I'm also totally fine with the movie Aliens. Incredible, you know. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm just so into that movie, man. I've yeah. watched that movie like a hundred times, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> number five, I'm also fine with Raiders of the Lost Ark. Love it. How Once do you again. not like that movie? Like, that's yeah, big time movie for that era, big yeah. time. Yeah, and you know, I mean. Once again, I think that's another movie where it's like practical effects using real things. Yep. I, I'm sure they did some composite stuff. I don't know if they did actually. Yeah. I mean, for some of the action sequences, it's it, that's how good it was done. Yes. You can't. Yes. You, you can't tell. You know. So anyway, so good, so good. Number four, I think a lot of people would argue about this, but I think I'm fine with it. The Road Warrior. That's Man. the second Mad Max movie. Mad Max, so into it. Crazy. And 
and that movie once again if you're talking about kind of revolutionizing things and and being really influential i mean some of the action set pieces on that it's like indiana jones without the humor you know raiders of the lost ark without the humor this post-apocalyptic world and it's very grim you know and Uh uh-huh you know they have like you know i think in the the set piece when when indiana jones steals the truck yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little bit like the main, you know, final set piece of uh, Road Warrior where it's like the caravan is being attacked and stuff yeah. like that. But in, in the Raiders of the Lost Ark one, you actually giggle sometimes, you know, yeah, like, you yeah. know, when things happen. So there's humor to it and, and there's there's fun to it. Not in Road, Road Warrior. Warrior's not no. fun. Welcome there's to Thunderdome, bitch. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an amazing and wild ride, but yeah. it's not, you're not giggling. At any point. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Number three, I'm also fine with this. Police story, Jackie Chan. Good good one. Very good one. You know, um, a lot of American movies copied the set pieces off of Mm -hmm. Police Force, you know. Yes. Number two, Die Hard. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) All right. I want you to give me your best guess as to the number one 80s action movie on this list. The number one 80s action movie. I don't, it's hard. I have a couple, I have a lot of this. Is it an Arnold movie? I'll give you that. It's an it's Arnold, an Arnold movie. movie. It's, an it's, Arnold a, movie. it's a Terminator probably or something like that. Yeah. It's actually, they actually ranked Commando. Commando? <laughs> that makes my heart, <laughs> even though it should definitely not be the number one movie. No, Simon, seriously, it should not be the number one movie. No, not but at it's all. One of my most quotable movies of all time. Yeah. I don't know almost every line of that movie. It's unbelievable. And you know, as far as being, you know, that that that's the thing about Arnold. I think it's really easy to dismiss Arnold today. It is. But you think about the run he went on. Conan the Barbarian, The Terminator, Commando. I think in the middle of that was something like, what was that raw deal or something like that? You know, oh yeah, you know, raw that, deal. That, yeah, forgot about and, that. And that, that one's, yeah, I, mean, I wasn't that, that into that movie, but you know, no, no, that that one wasn't a, a a big hit. But I mean, you just think about those three movies. What if he'd never made another movie after that? He's still a bona fide action legend. Legend. And and think about how different those three movies are, and how different he is in those three movies. Yeah. Sword and sorcery. Sci-fi, time travel, robot, <laughs> cyborg, whatever, and and uh, military was he Green Beret? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, John, uh, Ma- <laughs> John Matrix. John you know? Matrix. He eats Green Beret for, for breakfast. That's right? right. That's right. He eats Green. Yeah, he's a commando, so he eats Green Berets for <laughs> yeah. breakfast. Yeah, it's downwind. He smelled them yeah. downwind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got these supernatural. <laughs> How did you know it's? Yes, it was downwind. That's right. Yeah, he's, he's got like. Some ancient Chinese martial arts yeah, you know, yeah. things going on. I'm telling you, right, you know. right, Commando? Wrong. Pulls <laughs> <laughs> that guy away, man. <laughs> Wrong. Yeah. So I mean, I mean that that that's why when you actually start making the list of Arnold action movies in the 80s, then you're just like, oh yeah, that's why he's that's the guy. A freaking like, legend. And then you get Predator you know, and down the line. I mean, yeah. it's just like, it, it just, what? as you go down the line and, 
And within that, like you say, there's there's mixed in there. There's like a raw deal. Or no, there's like Last that. Action Hero. You know, it's like but that's nineties. It is nineties, you know, but you're but still getting eighties. Like, I actually watched watch that again. I was like, eh, it's not great, but it's not terrible for me. You know, it's like as a parody of action movies, right? I think I think it works fine if yeah. you're watching it to watch an action movie. No, 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 it doesn't no. work at all. But if you're just watching it to like see action movies parodied. You know, it has a good time laughing at itself. Yes, exactly. You know, which and and I think the self-referential humor, you know, for Arnold works really well. A lot of other action movie stars have tried to do something like that, and the the results are much worse than Last Action Hero. (laughs) Much worse. (laughs) (laughs) The results are much worse. (laughs) Like, yeah, Arnold just pulls you to the movie theaters. Like right now, like. I don't, I'd probably go see an Arnold movie right now just because he left such a huge indentation on my life. It's yeah. like, wow, like this guy, everything from the guns to the puns, you know, from the guns to the puns, yeah. like I'm in, man. Like, you yeah. know. And that's that's really, you know, uh, you think of somebody like The Rock today. Yeah. I got a lot of respect for that guy. I got nothing sure. but respect for that guy. Name one movie that even makes, that that even touches predator commando conan you know Dude, i just saw black adam the other day <laughs> simon you would hate this movie <laughs> oh i'm sure i would like a, sure like I... a, you would give it the lowest grade possible for a movie <laughs> the action sequences are incredible the story is so bad it's so bad it's terrible I don't understand why people can't figure out a good story. <laughs> I don't get it either, man. <laughs> I don't understand it at all. You know, it's just like to me, and it's not like, you know, I've I'm some great script writer or something like that. Right. I've never written a script before, but I'm just saying there are so many great stories out there. And yeah. and we're all you know, stories are always stealing from something. Stories right? exactly. So it's just like just steal from something good. Well, did you? I don't know if you saw this article. Was very. I should have sent it to you, but eighty percent of the movies produced today are retreads or from books. They're not original ideas. There's nothing. So literally, most of what you're getting is something you already knew about already. Yeah. There's like no originality. The nostalgia factor is just out of control. It's out of control. It's really out of control, and um, you know. Conan the Barbarian, a lot of people forget that was a comic. <laughs> I love Conan, man. You know, so that was a pre-existing property, but it had never been done. Right. We hadn't seen a sword and sorcery movie like that in a long time. What about Red Sonia? Come on. <laughs> Come on, Simon. <laughs> that one's tough, man. It's a tough one. It's, it's a tough one, right? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> There, there are things, you know, it, Red Sonja is another one of those movies. It's like RoboCop. I wanted to like it so bad. Me too. <laughs> I just really want, I'm, I'm blanking on her name. Um, is it Brig- Brigitte Nelson played? Yeah, uh, Brigitte she Nelson. Played, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to like her as an action star. I think she would have made a great female action star. Right. Um, they just, once again, they needed a better script. I just 
once you know I, I know simon i know you know you look like you write scripts though you look like an eccentric <laughs> writer like today today you look like with a scarf like you write eccentric stories and stuff, like memento or something like like <laughs> <laughs> well you know i'm just putting it toward other things i guess not not to say that i could write those things but i'm, I'm just saying like um you know Right now I'm writing my podcast. Yes. And I'm loving and I'm loving that. And I'm loving that. It's um, great. It's really great, honestly. My my kids have told me that I should direct. You know, because they they're they doing plays and stuff. Yeah. And 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 so my kids will come back to me and say, Daddy, you should be a director. And I'm like, eh, there's there's more to directing than yeah. directing the actors and trying to flesh yeah. out the story. I think I'd be really good at that. I, the logistical side of directing, which is a huge, huge part of directing, I think I would be awful at. So mm. there's there's the there, yeah. there's the conundrum. <laughs> there was a big... I'd need a I'd need a really good assistant director to dump all the logistics. I onto. would love to film every second of you directing something. <laughs> like I want to be a part of every minute of it. Like when you get upset about the script and you're like, guys, why can't we write a good story? <laughs> like, yeah. The actors, what is happening here? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no CGI, none. There'll be no none. CGI in this none. movie. None whatsoever. None. <laughs> oh, man. Not enough talking in this script. Why is yeah. there so much action? We need to punch <laughs> up the dialogue. Punch it up, punch it up. <laughs> you know, that that's uh, that's why Shane Black was brought into Predator. Yeah. You know, he kind of ghost wrote some of that, uh, some of that, and they gave him a part in the film to do yeah. that, you know. And then he went on to write Lethal Weapon. Mm -hmm. But here's something interesting I learned about that because I was just kind of, I've just kind of gotten to that little world of 80s action movies as yeah. I was researching Die Hard. So I found out that um, uh, his, his script for Lethal Weapon was even more over the top. Mm. And it was a lot, I guess you say dark. It didn't have the humor. And I would have right. thought the Shane Black would have had that quintessential, yeah. what we think of now is the quintessential Shane Black humor. But I think he was going for something a lot more kind of dark and and, yeah. uh, and, and serious. Yeah. Um, and so they, they actually did a bunch and they did the same thing with Die Hard. It wasn't funny enough, you know? And so they did a bunch of, uh, I guess even some improv, you know, day mm -hmm. of and stuff like okay. that. And they said, so one of the things that I was reading said it was amazing that the movie is as cohesive as it as it ends up being because they they varied from the script so much. Yeah, uh, filming day to day. Interesting. Um. So, uh, be, before I I know we're coming up to the end of our time, but what's your favorite scene from Die Hard? My favorite scene. <clears throat> hmm. Actually, <laughs> you're probably not gonna like this. I actually like when he's fighting one of the German guys and uh, the guy who's like they're like a robotic one, like um, the long, long, -haired long haired guy Franz just, or something. Yeah, I love that scene. For some reason, I like think about that scene a lot. Well, uh, you know, the, the German, the German guy, he's trying to avenge his brother's death. Yeah, there's something about that scene that's just really like it got a lot of punch for me, you know? Yeah, I think it's a really great fight scene that's think, what i'm think, saying it's yes great. yeah it's messy and, you know I mean, it's, it's messy yeah and bruce willis character is like yelling at him he's like really <laughs> intense he's like i'm gonna kill you mother ever yeah you know? i love he's that just, man you know? um, yeah like these aren't two really cool guys you know yeah that actor the german who plays the german uh it was really funny because i had just rewatched um 
the Money Pit, Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's in that too. He's the conductor in that. And then I was thinking about him, and I was like, oh yeah, man, I you know, uh, he was also Amish in the the Harrison Ford movie oh, Witness. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. But I always think of him as the diehard guy for sure. You know, for and, sure. and it's so funny. And I think, you know, it looked like, you know, he he threw a lot of his own punches and kicks. Yeah. You know, he, he seemed like he was in really good shape. And right. And, and, and he even I, I actually giggled when I rewatched it because he even went for a karate chop <laughs> yeah, at yeah. one point, which I thought was really kind of kind of hilarious. You'd never see that in an action scene. No, it's like he went with a knife hand the there, man. Like... <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he see. um yeah, he seemed legit, you know. Yeah. Uh Just I stay think with he me. died young, which oh, is really? which is really sad. Um I, I think I read in one of the things he died at only like he was my age or our age. Golly. He was like 45. Yeah, make me younger, so, okay? That's uh prefer that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um my favorite scene is when they open the safe. Ah, they had spent and so all, much time trying to get in there. Yeah. All the villains, they have the big Christmas music mm -hmm. going. And that's one of the things that makes this movie so unique is that the the movie takes sides with the villains sometimes. It does. It does. And it lets them have this moment of glory when the vault is opening. Yeah. And and, and you're feeling their joy, you know? Yeah. Um <laughs> So I just, I've just always loved that scene so much. That's awesome, I just, man. I think it's one of the best scenes that helps a viewer feel some kind of sympathy for the villain. Yeah, yeah. Which love I, that, it, man. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome, man. I mean, let me get to what I have to get to is tell Simon he's great time. I think yeah. that's why he shows up regularly. This is, this is this why point. I'm here. This, this is, is why he wants reason. to be desired and loved. You see how I wrapped that around? <laughs> like, <Yep. laughs> and we missed we missed a couple weeks ago because I was out of town. I had a bunch of stuff going on, but I'm glad to be back with my friend discussing movies and life. I mean, there's maybe not a better person to discuss these things with than you, man. I'm not joking. It's it's pretty preferable for me. I appreciate that. I appreciate that you 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 appreciate where where i'm coming it's difficult yes, sometimes to talk about these from. things because yeah. sometimes um especially when you're talking about aesthetics people will just talk about what they like yes instead of just getting real and saying i like that but no it's not just like you did with commando I love that. No, it's not number one. Not I don't even one. know if it belongs on the list. Yeah, it's, but it's but 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 I love it. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, who doesn't love Arnold ripping out a seat in a car? I mean, exactly. It's like, <laughs> that's pretty amazing, actually. Dropping a guy with one hand off of a yeah. amazing. That's amazing. And I feel like he could do that, actually. <laughs> like, you feel like he he maybe could have back then. Maybe could have yeah. done it back then. I mean, you yeah. Know. So he was legit strong. Legit so, strong, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. All, you. As always. Um, and the next next Christmas movie. We'll, we'll have time for one more before we'll, the holidays. We'll figure hits. it out. We'll figure yeah. it out, man. All right, Simon, <laughs> you're the man. All right, we'll see you. All right.